Fall camp has started for the Aggies, so let's take a look at how things are going for them so far. Then, let's look at the over-unders for all of the Mountain West. You know, just for fun. Right now, on AggieCast. This is Micah Safeson, your host on AggieCast. Just a reminder, to, if you haven't already, give us a like on Facebook, share us with your friends. You can contact us there on our AggieCast Facebook page. Well, gang, fall camp has started. So I want to talk about that for a little while, and, and then I want to move on and talk about some other things. Like I mentioned last week, I've been really impressed. One of the things that's impressed me with Coach Matt Wells has been his transparency about fall camp every year. And it seems like it's more and more of that with with each season. Uh, I know originally when I recorded the show last week, I was under the impression that all three of the scrimmages were going to be open to the public. I don't know if that if I was just wrong or if that has changed, but now there's only that one scrimmage on August 19th at 6 p.m. Uh, I, know, I know I'll be there. And uh, it's open to the public for It's the family fun day. It'll be exciting. I want to talk about some of the reports that have come from fall camp and um, what I think we can glean from that. It's still a little premature. Today was, I think, the fifth practice. So that's not, there's not a whole lot to go off of from that. It's, it's really unfortunate because, uh, well, I think it's unfortunate <laughs> how the, uh, the amount of time teams spend practicing in fall camp has greatly diminished. They're down to really just a couple hours a day um, actually outside hitting each other with the pads. I know when uh, when I was playing football, even in college, we were doing two-a-days and doing much longer days than the, the guys do now, and I'm, I'm not much older than they are. So uh, nevertheless, we've, we've been able to get some uh, some reporting done. I, I've read some things. I, I know uh, Jason Turner at the Herald Journal, just right here in in Logan, the newspaper out here in Logan, and uh, he's doing some good work covering them. They, just go to utahstateaggies.com, and the, the the football program itself releases a lot of great information on, on how camp is going. One of the things they put out the other day, and I, I posted it on our Facebook page, was about the linebackers and how that position group really seems to be doing well at, uh, at fall camp. And I actually just read another another article just before I started recording this about how just the defense in general is really doing well throughout fall camp. The linebackers, um, particularly led by Chase Christiansen, uh, Alex Huerta, uh, Derek Larson, they're, they're really playing well, and they, uh, the coaches, 
are giving the linebackers in pointing them out and giving them high praise. And that's that's good in my opinion. I I think I mentioned last week how I thought that Utah State uh in the last when they've been very good in the last 5 or 6 years, it's been because their linebackers were good. Um they, that is, you know, I mentioned last week Bobby Wagner, the Visual Brothers, uh, Kyler Fackrell, just some of the names that come to mind. Um, and I would like to see that again. Um, I'd like to, to see that return because um, it, it is, if it can become a legacy, you know, there are certain teams that just have, uh, you, you know, this team always does this well. For example, you know, our, our conference rival, San Diego State. You always know they're going to run the ball well. Same with New Mexico. But San Diego State, they do it and they win. <laughs> that's the difference. At least they win more in New Mexico. And that's just an example. And if Utah State is able to establish a, a legacy where every team knows that, that that team, Utah State Aggies, they always have good linebackers. That also helps a lot for recruiting when you can establish kind of this this aura around one position, one part of the game that you do really well. You have to play the other parts well. But I w- it seems like if that is going to happen on any position group for Utah State, it will be the linebackers. So I'm, I was excited to see that uh, th- those positive words coming from the linebacker core. I also want to go through the, for each practice, they're naming an offensive player of the day, I suppose, and then a defensive player of the day. I, I think there's there's some names here that I think we won't be surprised at and some names that maybe we will be. I only have three names for each. Uh, they've only done it practices two through four. Practice five was today, Wednesday, as I record this. this I won't um, release the podcast until tomorrow on Thursday. So I only have three names for each. But on, on defense, they've named Dallin Levitt, Chase Christiansen. No surprises there. Uh, the third one is Jalen Davis, who that was not so much a name that, that was really standing out. He's a cornerback. Uh, he is, a, I believe, a senior this year. And I he wasn't someone that was on my radar to really stand out, but I, I'm glad to see him there, um, <laughs> obviously. And so, uh, yeah, I, I think um, seeing the presence of, of Dallin Levitt certainly didn't surprise me. Chase Christiansen, I think Chase Christiansen will be uh, the, the the highest tackling. I, I think he'll probably he'll be my guess for um, ending the season with the most tackles, be Chase Christiansen. Um, so on the offensive side of the ball, they've named, and the, the offense, there's some more surprises here, names we weren't necessarily expecting. I, I wouldn't have predicted this a week ago. Uh, Jordan Nathan, freshman wide receiver. Dax Raymond, the tight end. And Alex Byers, at wide receiver. And I don't think I would have picked any three of those names. Maybe Dax Raymond. But I certainly wouldn't wouldn't have picked the freshman Jordan Nathan or Alex Byers. Um, th- that's a surprise. The other thing that is of note there is the fact that all three of them are wide receivers. Uh, if you can count tight end as a wide receiver, <laughs> which I know there's a lot of tight ends who feel strongly about that debate, whether they're wide receivers or not. <laughs> but uh, I'll count them for the sake of the argument. I'll count them as a wide receiver here. And uh, I... That doesn't totally surprise me, but it is notable. It is notable to, to not see LaJuan Hunt, to not see Tony Lindsay Jr., not to see El Toro Allen on there. Um, that it seems as like so far, 
the offense is is passing the ball well. At least they're passing the ball well. And, you know, last season we knew that on offense that was the, the part of the offense that was uh, outperforming, that the run game was our passing game. And we also know that our offensive coordinator, David Yost, he's going to be a passing type uh, offensive coordinator. That That's the type of offense we're going to see. I would expect to see a lot of, you know, the, they call it the RPO, run pass option, um, this, season, this season with Kent Myers. Um, and I I think as if we're seeing these offensive players of the day throughout fall camp, if we're, we're seeing wide receivers uh, getting that call, then I don't think that's a bad sign. Um, I I mean, come the scrimmage and certainly come the regular season when, when we're really seeing them in games, I want to see the running backs step up because I don't think we can compete as a one-dimensional offense. Um, I suppose the one exception to that would be if Kent Myers is running the ball exceptionally well. Uh, and that's a possibility. He's he's had good days. He's had good games where he's run the ball very well. And if that is the case, then I suppose I'm not as concerned. If the main threat for an opposing defense is the fact that we run that run-pass option very well. And um, so I, I'm i excited to see some new names on that list in Jordan Nathan and Alex Byers. I know um, Ron Quavian Tarver, I understand he was out the first few practices. He had a funeral to go to. But uh, I, I just read on the practice earlier today that he had a big day at practice. So I, I expect to see Ron Quavian Tarver's name um, in the next week and a half or so of these practices as the offensive player of the day. So some of the other conclusions I think we can take from what we've seen so far. And um, like I said, I think that indeed this is going to be a, a heavy passing offense this year for Utah State. Uh, it, just the fact that that we're seeing these these. Uh, Wide receivers being named, you know, getting the, the the nod for player of the day, you know, and and honestly, this could be a tri- a moot point. This could be a trivial little thing, and it probably is. I'm just, um, I I think that is none, nevertheless an important thing to know coming into the season. At least I would like to know: is our offense going to be um, dependent more on on the pass, more on the run? Um, which one of those are we going to see more of? And and how good is that? What What is the ceiling for that part of the offense? You know, what is our passing offense really capable of? And so we'll get a better look at that on the, uh, the third scrimmage, which that's the only scrimmage open to the public, I understand now. Uh, the first two are not, as I reported last week, unlike... Not, not as I reported last week, they, they're actually closed to the public. I'm sure we'll still get some, some info out of that. And the practices are open. I'm going to try to make it over to a practice or two and watch and uh, see how, how things are going up for them at practice. But, um, yeah, I, I think overall it seems as though from what I'm, what I'm reading, uh, both from the, the UtahStateAggies.com, that's the official website of, of Utah State Athletics, I'm also reading from some of the reporters who are going to just about every practice, um, most notably Jason Turner at the Herald Journal. 
is it seems like the defense has uh, really come out to play this fall. The offense has, has had its moments, but the defense has really come out to play. So that's, that's a good thing. Um, when we play defense well at Utah State, we, we compete. And uh, we learned last season that, uh, that our, really what had been happening the seasons prior was our defense was just making everyone else on the team look good. And last year when our defense really struggled, um, the whole team suffered. So seeing a change from that would be um, something I, I would hope for. And, and we'll get a better look at that as we head into fall camp. predicted will be the win totals for each Mountain West team. I'm going to go through all of that and give my over or under prediction as opposed to what Vegas has predicted. I I think that this is uh, an interesting conference, the Mountain West, because it seems somewhat bipolar to me. Um, There's not a lot of teams that I think are really going to sit in the middle. And I that's interesting to me um, because it it indicates a, an attitude in the mount, among some teams in the Mountain West that they really want to get out of this other five mode. What the playoff era has done to college football, it, it has uh, made the biggest demarcation down the middle of the of the FBS than any other system we had before. The BCS Bulls didn't even do this to. to the extent that the playoff does because we now have this uh, power five and then the group of five, the other five. And so now more than than ever, there is a contingency of teams wanting to get out of that group of five because the line has never been more clear. So some teams, some, some schools are really investing a lot more money than they ever have into their football sketch, into their football teams to get out of that other five conference and into a power five. In fact, this is true, not just in the Mountain West, but all of the, the other five conferences. There, there are some schools that are just investing more money um, than some, some power five schools are because they want so much to get out of this, this, uh, this uh, hole that they've kind of been dug into known as the, the other five conferences. So anyway, on that note... Let's start. I'm, I'm doing this in alphabetical order. I have, however, moved Utah State last, um, just so you have to listen to me go through the other 11 teams first, so you don't just uh, pause and then hang up on me. <laughs> so, starting with Air Force, Vegas has given them an over-under of five. That was one of the more shocking um, win totals that I saw in the Mountain West, was just five. I think Air Force will absolutely go over, so I'm picking over on that. Um, they just have have too much coming back on both sides of the ball. Um, it's last few years Air Force has turned into a school 
that is is not going to have uh, a two and two and ten, three and nine season. They they're more and more being a consistent six and six at worst, really. So I I have them if they I mean six and six. If they take that, they're still over. So yeah, I'm going with over on Air Force. Next one is Boise State. Vegas is giving them an over under of eight. I don't think eight is a bad pick. Um, if I had to go over under though, I'm also going over on Boise State. Their schedule is um, easy for a team like Boise State, which is one of those teams that is, you know, wanting to get out of that other five classification. Uh, so their schedule. They're playing Washington State, who in the last few years has become a good football team under uh, Coach Coach Mike Leach, and uh, um, that'll be a tough game for them. They play San Diego State. I think San Diego State wins that close one. They play Colorado State. I think Colorado State uh, beats them as well. But even if those are their only three losses, that's nine wins. And so, again, over on Boise State. Next team down is Colorado State. Now, if you listen to this podcast um, for more than a few weeks, you know that Colorado State is kind of my dark horse pick in the Mountain West. I I think Colorado State is going to have a big year. Um, Vegas has given them an over-under of 7.5. So I I naturally picked over. I think think Colorado State could win 10 games this year. Um, They have have a very difficult schedule. But it's a very difficult non-conference schedule. Most notably, they play Alabama. Um, will Colorado State be good this year? Yes. Will they beat Alabama? No. Um, and really what it comes down to is, is they're not, their schedule is tough, but it's, their, it's just their non-conference schedule that's difficult. The conference schedule is doable. And I think they, they wipe the floor with the conference schedule. I don't think they lose a conference game. Um, until the conference championship, so I actually have them at ten wins. I think that they, you know, they might go eight or nine, but eight or nine—that's also over seven and a half. So I'm going over on Colorado State. Next one down is Fresno State. Vegas gave them an over/under of four, and I'm going to go with under here. Um, last year, Fresno State went went one and eleven. Uh, fired their coach, hired Jeff Tedford. I believe he's a former coach assistant, I believe, at Cal. Um, so he's in his first year trying to clean up from a school that went 1-11 last year. So if the over-under is four and they win two more games than last year, then they're improving and they're still under that Vegas pick. So I'm I'm going with the odds. I I think it's more likely that they win three games than win five because I can't pick four because um, you have to pick one or the other. So I, I think it's more likely that they, they win three. So I'm going with the under on Fresno State. Hawaii, uh, Vegas gives them an over-under of 4.5. I picked under. Um, they have a difficult schedule. Um, so... The one thing about Hawaii is they play 13 games, and you have to kind of factor that into these decisions, too, because they could have a bad season but still win one more game than someone who's actually 
better than them because they play one more game. So you have to factor that in. I still am going under on the 4.5. A lot of people are picking Hawaii to maybe get uh, second in the, the the West division. I think that's a, a little overrated. Um, so I, I think to pick five, you have to have them, to, you know, because they, they are, there's four games on their schedule that they're almost certainly going to win. Uh, San Jose State, UNLV, a couple others. To pick five, you pretty much have to have them beating UMass, Nevada, or Utah State. You're probably picking one of those three. I don't, I don't think they're going to be any of those teams. I think they will lose to, to Massachusetts, Nevada, and Utah State. Uh, so I think the, the other four games they win, uh, the, the four games, I, I picked them to win four games, and I think it's going to be that. So under on Hawaii. Next team is Nevada. Uh, Vegas gave them an over-under of 3.5. Nevada, I think, is, they're not a great team this year, but they're better than some of their fellow West Division um, comrades. So Vegas gave them an over-under of 3.5. I'm going to go with over, really because I just, I, I think they'll win four games. I think they'll win Idaho State, Fresno State, San Jose State, and I think they'll win their last game against UNLV. So, I I don't see them winning anything else, though. <laughs> so, that, uh, that gives them three conference wins, and I believe I even had them with just three conference wins actually getting second in the West Division after San Diego State. Uh, that may, I think that's what I picked. So, next I have New Mexico. Vegas gave them an over-under of five and a half. I went with with over. Uh, I believe I just gave them six wins. It really came down to the Lobos beating Wyoming and beating Tulsa. Um, yeah, beating Wyoming, which is uh, a team that I think a lot of the experts, so-called experts, the pundits, are picking to do very well this year. I, I think Wyoming is, is one of the more overrated teams in the Mountain West. In fact, they in my mind, maybe the most overrated team in the Mountain West. And I'll get to them later. Um, so I, I have New Mexico beating Wyoming. Um, and I have also have them beating Tulsa. And so uh, I think they could beat Utah State. But uh, I still picked them to lose. They're, they're still a one-dimensional team. And nonetheless, I have them at six wins, which gives me an over against Vegas's five and a half. Next team down is San Diego State. Vegas gave them an over-under of 9.5. That is, this is a close one. I think it could go either way. I picked, I'm going to go with over on that one. I I think it's more likely that they'll have 10 wins than 9. They really have three formidable opponents. And for them to reach 10 wins, and therefore me to be right, they have to beat two of them. And that is Boise State, Arizona State, Stanford. Those are Boise State and Arizona State. All three of those are, are difficult teams. I think the I think they beat Boise State, and I think they also beat Arizona State. Uh, Arizona State gonna have be okay this year, but San Diego State has the ability to really be great. Um, last year, everyone was talking about Donnell Pumphrey, their their running back, who uh, broke the all time. 
career rushing yards record. Really incredible. I mean, just they were just running over everybody. But one of the more unknown things was their other running back, Rashawn Penny, he still got a thousand yards behind the all-time leading rusher. So they don't have any reason to be worried about their run game. And they, they have a dominant defense as well. I, I Like I said in my college football preview, I have San Diego State winning the Mountain West uh, for, I believe, the third, third year in a row, I believe. Uh, yeah. And uh, so I think they will beat Boise State. They're just the better team. Uh, Boise State's good. They're not as good as San Diego State will be. And I, I also have them beating Arizona State. I think they will lose to, to Stanford. Um, and, oh, you know what? Okay, you know what? I'm sorry. I had them losing to Arizona State. So, still 10 wins. So, between Boise State, Arizona State, and Stanford, they only have to beat one of those to reach 10 wins. So, I, I apologize. I had them beating Arizona State. So, um, Arizona State will, will still be... I, I don't know. That could go either way. That could go either way. Um, I... That's almost a, a, a coin toss for me, Arizona State and San Diego State. So either way, though, it's 10 wins if they beat Boise State, which I think they will. So next I have San Jose State. Vegas has an over-under of 3.5 for San Jose State. I picked under. Um, they've got a first-year coach in Mike Brennan, very similar to, to Fresno State, actually, Um They've also got a difficult schedule. I just I can't find four wins in that schedule. So if I had to choose between three or four wins, I'm going to go with three, which gives me an under. Um, I even think I could get two. Uh, I, I believe I think they might lose to UNLV. Um, I think they probably will actually. So I just I can't find four wins in it. I have to go with under on San Jose State's uh, 3.5. Next we have UNLV. Uh, Vegas gives us an over-under of 5.5. That's another one that I thought, so that surprised me. Uh, I thought that was high. I thought that was really high. I picked under. Uh, there are just, let me tell you, that this team has more question marks with it, UNLV, than any other team in the Mountain West. There's just too many unknowns with this UNLV team. They were hampered by injuries on both sides of the ball. Uh, they ended last year with a quarterback and a corner cornerback, quarterback and a cornerback on their two deep roster playing wide receiver. So, if <laughs> that's uh, that's not good to end the season at, and there's just too many question marks. Um, they they did lose most of their defense from last year, which could be a good thing because their defense was not very good. Uh, so. Nevertheless, that just gives me more question marks. On top of that, we have a coach who I think is still a little over his head. I mentioned before, I, we got a Tony Sanchez, a former high school coach. He was at Bishop Gorman. I still think um, just I can't, I can't give them six wins, which to, to, get, to say over, I'd have to have them at six or more wins. I, they can't win six games with that question marks as far as I'm concerned. So I have them under. Five and a half. Wyoming. Over under of seven and a half, seven and a half from Vegas. Uh, that, that doesn't surprise me. I still think Wyoming is overrated. Um, they're being picked to either 
win the Mountain Division or get second in the Mountain Division. Um, I tell you what. So I have under, obviously. I wouldn't uh, consider them overrated if <laughs> I had them over seven and a half wins. So I guess my my reason for thinking them over, they're overrated is other than their quarterback, and then they have a good quarterback in Josh Allen. Even I think he might get a little too much praise, and I think he might be deserving. But uh, outside of him, there really wasn't anything that I that I. I didn't have a good reason to get excited about them. I, I, I can't find a good reason for them to, to win the games that they, they say, that people say they're going to win. They have a difficult schedule as well. Uh, their defense was not very great last year. And they're returning most of their defense. But uh, here's, here's the thing about the returning starter statistic in college football. There's really only one time that returning, when you're talking about a position group or a side of the ball even, there's really only one time that you can count on it transferring over. And that's when that position group or that side of the ball was very good. So if they had a very good defense last year and all most or all of those players were returning on defense this year, we could assume that they're going to be good again. But when they had a bad defense last year, and most of those players are coming back, which is the case for Wyoming. They did not have a very good defense last year. When that is the case, one of two things is going to happen. Either their defense is improving over the offseason, and now they'll be good. There's not a good way of knowing that. Or they're going to stay bad. And there's not a good way of knowing that either. So I have no reason to think that they're going to win eight or more games, which... If I was going to go with the over, I would be saying that. I, I can't find eight or more games in their schedule that uh, I think they're going to win. So I'm going with under. I think they're going to win five or six games. They're not going to be an awful team, but uh, I think they're going to be probably uh, Wyoming and maybe Hawaii. In, in my picks, I think those are really the only two kind of midline teams are Wyoming and Hawaii. Um, I think all the other teams are going to be really good or really bad. I think Utah State could kind of finish right in the middle, too. I'm trying to be optimistic. Uh, so, speaking of Utah State, that is the last team in the Mountain West that we have. And I'll spend a little more time on this and uh, give you uh, kind of a really expounding on what my predictions were two weeks ago on my college football preview. Um, I didn't spend that much time in Utah State two weeks ago, but I, I will today because this is a show dedicated to the Utah State Aggies. They were given an over-under of four and a half from Vegas. Now, as you might suspect, I am picking over. I think they'll win more than that. And let me explain why. So Utah State has three games on the schedule that I, I don't like saying this because you should take all games seriously, but... They're kind of gimme games, you know. Uh, they're, they're, Utah State should win these three games, and that is Idaho State, San Jose State, and UNLV. Um, I think Idaho State, obviously. San Jose State and UNLV, I think those will probably be two of the worst teams in the Mountain West, along with Fresno State. Uh, Utah State should beat those teams. Uh, that, that shouldn't be particularly difficult in my mind. So, 
if you're going to pick under, you are saying that Utah State, at best, will only win one of the following games. In a, now, you might be saying they're not going to win any of these games I'm about to list. But at best, if you say they're going to win four, then you also need to give them one of these games, in addition to the three gimme games that uh, I mentioned. So, that those the next games that you, you have to pick one of these. Wake Forest, Wyoming, New Mexico, Hawaii, and Air Force. Now, you can make the case, and a lot of people are, that, no, Utah State's going to lose to all five of those teams. Wake Forest, Wyoming, New Mexico, Hawaii, Air Force. Utah State's going to lose to every one of them. And that's fine. But I, <laughs> I disagree. So, and I'll explain why. Wake Forest, uh, Wyoming, both those teams, I believe, are coming in with some hype, at least when, when put in comparison to Utah State. I explained why I think Wyoming is is a little overrated. Wake Forest, I when I first um, was preparing for for the last few episodes, I I thought you know Wake Forest that's going to be a really tough game. But the more I look into it, the more beatable Wake Forest looks. And I actually I, I've picked Utah State to to beat Wake Forest. Um, so no pressure. But I yeah I I think Wake Forest they they were six and seven last year I believe or maybe seven and six. Uh, six and six in the regular season. Um, they they don't have very much coming back on either side of the ball. I believe um, their offense has more returning. And however, historically, at least in the last few years, Wake Forest has been a defensive team. So they've got some uh, some gaps to fill on uh, both sides of the ball, even on offense, where the the gaps they need to fill are more just talent-wise. They need to, to see people step up that weren't there last year for them. Uh, New Mexico, like I said, we got so close to being New Mexico last year. It came down to the last play of the game. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen again. I think they'll beat New Mexico. New Mexico, it's just, they, as long as they're going to be one-dimensional like they are, they're always going to be beatable. One-dimensional team may be very good, but they're also always going to be beatable. So... I see that, and uh, Hawaii is talented. I don't think that they they play the game um, in correlation to how talented they are. They they don't seem um, well coached either. I, I don't think Hawaii is well coached. Air Force, I it's going to be close. Air Force is going to be very close. It'll come down to how well Utah State is going to is going to block them. In short, those five games. Utah State, if they win two of those games, then they're going to be over their Vegas average, which is 4.5. So I think that will happen. Utah State is going to win at least two of those five games in addition to the three gimme games, Idaho State, San Jose State, and UNLV. So that's kind of what it comes down to for the Aggies in terms of this Vegas win total. I... I think Utah State realistically could win nine games this year. I absolutely believe that. By beating winning those five games, games the three game games, games, and this not just year to year or game to game, but they change from play to play. 
that BYU team. That's one of the most emotional teams I've seen in college football. So that's that's the uh, Utah State. That's my, really my preview of Utah State. And I'm going to do a million other variations of that. And I'll do a preview for each game. Because uh, that's what I like to do. So as we get closer to the season, I'll stop doing all these predictions. And I'll start doing analysis of real things that actually happened. Like I did about the first four or five days of fall camp on the first half of this episode. So join us next week. We'll talk more about fall camp, what we'll learn between now and then. And uh, I'll have have more things planned. In the meantime, share us with your friends again. And let us know what you think. Send us a message on our AggieCast Facebook page. It's been a pleasure talking with you about this tonight. Thank you very much. Go Aggies! Thank <laughs> you.